today is a familiar story. Um, and because of that, we have a lot to work through. So let's get to it. The birth of Jesus. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph there and told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The first seven verses in our reading today, in Luke 2, 1 through 20, the first seven verses invite us, the readers, to view Jesus's birth with the backdrop of their experience with Roman political history. Some of the historical details that Luke provides do not fit perfectly with the primary historical resources, but instead of focusing on on the historical accuracy of, of some of these details, I believe that what Luke has done is included this information for a theological uh, and narrative connections that he is making in this story between the birth of Jesus and the experience of the Jews in this Greco-Roman historical period. Jesus' birth has now been connected with the imperial Roman policies and actions which will impact the future of Israel because of Caesar Augustus and the other Caesars to follow. And so Luke is very clearly identifying Jesus's birth in the context of these other rulers. In uh, Luke chapter three, verse one, 
Luke makes reference to the Caesar Tiberius. And uh, in Acts 11.28 and 18.2, he makes reference to the Caesar Claudius. This Caesar in our story, whose name is Octavian, has had the title, the August One, Augustus, conferred upon him by the Roman Senate and is considered to be a godly ordained emperor, worthy of human worship and praise. Tyrants such as Caligula and Nero, who had been the most aggressive in claiming their divine status, had also treated the Jews with an iron hand and an iron fist. Jesus of Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, connects him with the lineage of David. In our story, Joseph is the paternal link with the house and lineage of David. Mary and Jesus have a legitimate identity because of Joseph. And just as God had plucked David from the sheepfold to anoint him as king of Israel, so Jesus is born amongst a sheepfold, destined to be the fulfillment of God's promise to David and to all of Israel, and to the whole world, that promise that God would give David, not just a son, but the anointed one, the Messiah. The angels announced to the shepherds, who go and see for themselves, telling Mary and Joseph all about the angels, and this, we call it a theophany, this great experience of glory and purity and light and the angelic announcement of Jesus's birth. They announced to the shepherds, to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. For hundreds of years, the people of Israel had lived with rulers who though were human, adorned themselves with divine titles and demanded to be worshiped and to be trusted like a God. Still, Israel continued to read the scriptures, which spoke of the Lord and Savior, who surpassed the kings and the rulers of this world. The shepherds represent the lowest place in this culture. They had no education. They had no financial resources. And yet they were the first people that God announced this birth. And the shepherds, were filled with great fear. But the angels announced to them, be not afraid, for this is good news that will bring joy, not to some people, but to all the people. The titles in verse 11 provide a comprehensive identity of Jesus. And again, in contrast with some of the claimed titles of the emperors, these titles are conferred upon Jesus by the angels, by the Lord of God, the, the, the Lord God, and, uh, and by scripture. The Messiah is also the Savior and Lord, in verse 11. God's identity and power, as identified in and through the Messiah, Jesus, then is contrasted with the earthly rulers and kings who called themselves saviors and benefactors of the world. The angels announced to the shepherds and to the whole world that the true ruler, the true benefactor, and the anointed king had been born. And the sign of this announcement is an infant swaddled in claws, lying in a feed trough 
the prophecy of Isaiah has been fulfilled, as we read in Isaiah 7, chapter 7, verse 14. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus's identity and role are not secretive, but the hearers of this story will be surprised and even bewildered at times by how Jesus will accomplish his mission. The angels depart into heaven. The shepherds go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened. And the shepherds glorify God for all they have seen and heard. There is no hint of doubt or unbelief there is only a straightforward witness to the glory of God and his promise, which is fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. How does this birth story read in the context of our current political historical backdrop? We are living in a deeply divided nation today, and there are occasional claims of divine attributes for politicians, for political movements, and even for economic policies. How does this story of Jesus, how should this story of Jesus speak to us about God and our true identity? What changes in my beliefs, in my actions, is God calling me to make? Who is my ruler? Who is my Lord? Who is my Savior? And how is he calling me to live in this world? Do I have a plan? And if so, who will be holding me accountable for that plan? A deep and powerful story. A reminder that God is truly the anointed one who reigns above all earthly rulers from all over the world. He is the king of all kings. Amen.